Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. This is an RNZ podcast. Kate Fakarongo mai koe kito tato al horihori. Hey hotaka e pana kito tato al fanui. This is our changing world on RNZ and I'm Alison Balance. Now, o Totora Stream and the Upper Hutt suburb of Totoro Park, examples of New Zealand places named after plants. Then there's places named after birds. Kiwi Nui near Gisborne, Kaka Nui near Oamaru, and Pigeon Bay on Banks Peninsula. Jamie Wood from Manaki Whenua Landcare Research has been taking a look at New Zealand place names, and I caught up with him at the recent New Zealand Ecological Society conference to find out more. So a lot of my research focuses on uh, looking into the past to see what plants and animals used to live in New Zealand and how they were distributed across New Zealand. And you do this by looking at bones? Yeah, that's probably the main way we've done it in the past, uh, but we're looking at a range of different techniques now as well. Tell me about those. We use sedimentary DNA, so just by taking samples of sediment we can get DNA of these animals. And one of the things we've just started doing is actually looking at place names around New Zealand and using that as a record of where um, species used to be in the past. Okay, so the first place name that comes to mind for me then is Paikakariki, just north of Wellington, because Kakariki is parakeet. Mm -hmm. We've found this great resource that's available online, which is the Gazette of New Zealand Place Names, and it has over 50,000 place names, not just official ones, but also unofficial ones. Um, And so work I've been doing is using that as a starting point. And so we've quite simply been going through that and querying it for different uh, species names and then picking out those names and plotting them on maps and looking to see how that compares with known distributions of species. We've looked at some plants, so for example we've used kauri and uh, karaka as examples to show how the distribution of place names fits really well with distributions of some of these plant species. We've looked at invertebrates There's not a huge number of place names named after invertebrates. There's some wetter hills in the Beetle Gully. But one thing we've found is there's a lot of sandfly and mosquito place names because they've clearly made quite a big impact on early explorers. And they seem to fit quite well. They're concentrated along the west coast of the South Island. But by far and away, birds are the most common place names relating to animals. So you mentioned kauri already. Well, that's clearly a northern species, so you only see kauri place names up north as well. Are you seeing that pattern? Yep, definitely. Um, They're all up north, and in fact they match the distribution of the species very well. So we don't see any place names uh, relating to kauri that are outside the natural range of kauri now. Did you find some anomalies? Did you find place names that referred to things that aren't there now that made you think, oh, I wonder what was here in the past? Yes, yeah, certainly. If we look at a couple of our birds, for example, so uh, we look at kiwi place names, um, we find that uh, about 50% of place names um, relating to kiwi don't have kiwi within the area anymore. So we're looking there at about a 50% 
decline in um, the range of Kiwi since those place names were given. Things like Kākāpō, there's a lot of Kākāpō place names throughout New Zealand, and in fact none of them have Kākāpō anymore, so that's, that's one species that's changed quite a bit. But if we go back to records from the mid-19th century, we can actually show that the distribution of Kākāpō at that time reflects those place names pretty well. It's the large birds that tend to dominate in the place names, and uh, probably because they're the ones that were obvious to people. Smaller birds don't seem to have as many place names um, related to them. An interesting thing is place names relating to extinct species. So there's things like huia and moa that have a lot of place names, um, and again, they seem to match the distribution of those birds pretty well. Did you map all of this out, and did you see any patterns around where the names were? Uh, Certainly in terms of birds we did, Um, so we plotted all of the bird-related place names we could find in, there's about five or six hundred in this database, um, which is about one percent of the total place names in New Zealand. Um, And they were spread right across New Zealand, but there were some big gaps, and they tended to be places like the Southland Plains, the Canterbury Plains, um, and around the Waikato, so these are areas that by the mid-19th century didn't actually have much forest um, left and so it might have been that those areas just didn't have large bird populations and that's reflected in the lack of place names relating to birds at those sites. So in a way you've got two tiers of place names because you've got Māori place names that were there first and then you've got later place names that were named by uh, particularly the early settlers and explorers. That's right. So what we've been doing is a very simple pilot study, just using a single database, but there are other databases out there and knowledge about place names that might not be recorded in our database. And I think a really cool study would be to look at some of those Maori place names and assuming that they have some um, place deeper into the past and then looking at European place names, which are from 100, 150 years ago, we might actually be able to see changes in species distributions through time. Thanks, Jamie. That was Jamie Wood from Manaki Whenua Landcare Research. I'm Alison Balance, and this Our Changing World podcast first aired on RNZ on the 6th of December 2018. You can find all our stories as well as written features and useful links at our webpage, rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld. There are links on the webpage to places where you can subscribe to us as a podcast, You can also sign up to our free email newsletter, which tells you what's on the show each week. There are lots of other RNZ podcasts to listen to. The New Zealand history podcast Black Sheep and the short satirical comedy Go Ahead Caller, to name just two. Stay in touch with us. We are on Facebook and Twitter at RNZ Science. Thanks for your company. Bye for now. Mate wa. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.